Ça va, ça va. The French. <laughs> that is all we know. And that's that. <laughs> I know the song from Ariel is like, Les poissons, les poissons, how I love les poissons. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to um, Mulan all morning on the theme of Disney princesses and just like nice. crying my eyes out. What a beautiful soundtrack. Oh, I've been so, I just am so moved by it every time. And I'm just like, and she was a woman and she was keeping up with all these men and she is strong and she saved China. <laughs> It's a really emotional movie for me. And Mulan 2 as well. That's another big one for me. Yeah, that one's good too. Anyway, welcome to episode 8. There's just a motorbike outside my house. Leave! Leave now! I had the window open a little bit just so that I wouldn't die in here of heat stroke, but I just closed it all the way. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope you don't pass out in the process of making this very long anticipated wait yes. of an episode. Our apologies. We've been so busy with every with just life. Life's fucking whack, yo. <laughs> it's it's a bit wild. I've had a lot of night shoots the last couple weeks. Ruby's been super busy at her job. She's also been helping out on some other really cool projects. So we've just been all over the place. We're just vomiting in the corner. It's just yeah, it's been a hard week for scheduling, so this is going to be a little bit late, but I'm sure no one cares because everyone's kind in our little sweet community and understanding. Yes. All yes. is well. All is well. We're back and better than ever. We have a really cool episode. Oh, I'm excited to talk about it. These are cool makeups to talk about. They're super cool makeups. So the theme of this week is biographical films. Biographical films. So, so films so, centered around real humans. Yes, real people, real peeps, real stories. Um, and these are kind of cool because it means that you have to turn actors who are playing the characters into real people who you can actually, like, look up. It's not like fake people. It's like real people who actually exist in the world. So you need those makeups to look identical. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the as hardest as you can. Mm -hmm. Very hard. Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest forms of makeup, to be honest. I agree. From, like, sculpting pieces to applying the pieces to the coloring all that stuff because yeah you're taking someone who already has features and you're trying to like find a way to make their features into someone else's because we're not mr potato head you can't just pop our noses off you know and put a new nose on exactly and everyone knows what we look like right so you got to yeah. make it look identical otherwise people yeah. will be like huh that's not good lincoln <laughs> yeah and you tried to fool me. <laughs> I was around for that period of time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you have a great age routine, let me tell you. Oh. What do you drink? Like baby's blood? Yeah. And a was that story of... was that movie The Witches actually biographically based on you? Was that... <laughs> it actually was. I was very impressed by the makeup as well. That's why that, I fled, they nailed it. I fled to Canada <laughs> because all the children in England are actually mice. <laughs> because of me. That just reminded me of the that scene in the office when Dwight's like the perfect crime. I know the yeah. perfect crime. I steal a chandelier from Tiffany. I'm interrupted in the middle of the night by a woman. Her name's Tiffany. It's her dad's business. We make love all night. In the morning, <laughs> the authorities show up. I'm already gone. <laughs> oh, it's and then so it's like, funny. He gets a son. He's like, I get a letter. I have a son. Oh, this... Or no, when the son ends up being the chief of police. Oh yeah, this that. Yeah, and he's look. like, this is where the story gets interesting. <laughs> I got, yeah. I oh, son. and then he's, he's like, the chief of police. And then he's like, she's never taken another lover. Yeah. 
she's waited for me all this time. That's <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, that's I fantastic. actually just introduced Ruby to Superstore. If you guys have ever seen Superstore, oh, so I love it. Funny, um, so many good characters. I love it so much. At like the first, oh, hello, Freddy. He's sad. He's not allowed in the room right now. Oh. So, enjoy that howling for the duration of the podcast. <laughs> it's like an ongoing theme. Yeah, seriously. His sweet cries. He just loves mom so much. He's just a big mom's boy. Can you not let him in? Will he, like, mess shit up? Whose side are you on here, Ruby? Come I don't on know. Now. I'm just trying to be a fun aunt. You can do what you want. It's your child. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm one of those people that's just like... I mean, you can do what you want, because, you know. I mean, I only feed my child natural, but, I mean, of course, yeah, it's your kid, I guess. If you just want him to die at 30, that's fine. Yeah, you can do what you want, though. Like, no judgment. Like, girls support girls, right? Girls yeah, girl girls. boss. Girl boss, right? Right, bitch? <laughs> Buy my candles. <laughs> Serenity with Jan. $10,000. Venmo me, please. <laughs> okay, one second. I'm going to go let him in. He, like, slinks in, too. He's like... Mm, how dare you lock me out of my chamber? <laughs> but yeah, um, now Freddy has joined us, we can continue. Um, Superstore is hilarious. I love it. It's, it's so funny. Okay, who's your favorite character? Sandra. Same. Second favorite character? Dina. Same. Oh my god, we're the same person. I love you. But also, <laughs> I love, like, I don't. Dina's, like, one of the main cast that I love, but then I also love, like, all the sub-cast characters. Like, I love, like, Sandra's pretty, like, she's, like, a sub-character, I feel like, because it's not always about her. And then I love Sandra, Carol, because she's fucking oh insane. God, wild. She's so fucking crazy. <laughs> and her and Sandra's story is amazing. But then I also love that, what's her name? She's, like, the blonde woman, and she always, like, drinks wine, and she loves shrimp. And she's oh, yeah. always trying to be, like, friends with people. And she's like, yeah, my, she's my, like, yeah we're totally going to get wild tonight. Right, guys? Right, guys? And <laughs> Nobody that, says anything. And there's that, like, episode where um, she's, like, trying to parallel park to go oh to Oh, my God. Party. And she's, like, crying into a cupcake. And, and she, she like, just keeps hitting the car. <laughs> yeah, she can't parallel park. So she gives up and just passes out. Meanwhile, there's the party going on inside. And she's just like, come on, guys. There's What's like a car name? honking behind her. And she's like, "Go around, go around." <laughs> oh my god, I have to look her up. Justine, Justine, Justine. That's it. She would be the f- one that we forget the name. Yeah, totally right. It would be her. <laughs> we should introduce our artist of the month. I think. Yes, let's yes. do that first. Oh, without further ado, our beautiful May artist of the month is Jada. Round of applause. Round of applause. A beautiful, beautiful artist. Also a beautiful, beautiful person. Um, So Jada is a friend of mine that I made in 2016 whilst we were studying at the Vancouver Film School together. Uh, She went into the fashion editorial and like photo shoot kind of route and I went into the film route but we've stayed very intertwined and connected and friends and She's just an absolute hun, and I love her so much, and I'm so happy that she's our Artist of the Month, because we love publicly sharing good humans. We do, and she's a gorgeous makeup artist. If you look through her Instagram, it's just full of jaw-dropping, gorgeous, beautiful makeup, just in terms of, like, the colors she uses, the shape she uses. She's got such a 
great way of making skin look so healthy and glowy. Mm. She's just she's just got a gorgeous gorgeous style. Um, so a little bit about Jada. She's Canadian and Latin American makeup artist who has been working professionally for five years. Born and raised in Vancouver, BC. To these are her words: crazy Latino parents and a big ass family. And <laughs> honestly, yes, I can strongly agree. Her family pretty much took me and like two other international students in. And any like Canadian holiday there was, we were invited around like Thanksgiving oh, that's and so Family nice. that's Day. So cute. Yeah, they literally took us under their wing. It was so sweet, and they like, oh, we just felt so much a part of that family. And Jada's mom and dad are just some of the most beautiful people ever. And honestly, like looked after me whilst I was a student and made me feel like I had a home. So it was really good. Aww. Yeah, a lot of love. So right now, Jada works as an agency artist under Richard's Model Management. She's been there for two years now. She specializes in fashion, editorial, commercial, beauty fantasy makeups. <laughs> um, she attended and volunteered backstage for makeup at the Vancouver Fashion Show at age 15. So it's been like in her dreams for a long time to be a makeup artist. Was first place at IMAT's Toronto and Vancouver student competition in beauty fantasy category. So that's two first places. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Those are big competitions. Right? And Jada is known for enhancing features instead of eliminating, bringing out natural glow of the skin. Yeah, she does. Focusing on each individual's <laughs> beauty. She loves playing with color along with using it in an unconventional way and always is ready to be as creative as possible. Um, if you want to con- if you want Jada to be your makeup artist for any upcoming photo shoots or any other things, like if you're getting married, please look at Jada's work. And you can contact Jada um, through Rich's Model Management, like we just said, or you can DM her personally at her Instagram account at jadacianariola, to her personal email at jadacian.ariola at gmail.com. This information will also be on our Instagram post. Big love. Thank you for being our May Artist of the Month. Yes spectacular oh and to end this little sweetness um one of jada's favorite quotes is red lip is always a must yes i love that she's not wrong fashion girl oh cover girl do 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 cover girl yeah okay right <laughs> we're so like awkward sometimes and i like i know yeah. i know i forget that like the mic's there sometimes and i'm like oh yeah this is being recorded <laughs> yeah this is like public ha 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 Haha ha, is right. Can't wait to actually go to a bar full of people and then just be so awkward, like, out loud and be like, hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, just not know how to interact. Oh, it was God. like, I mean, I was already bad enough, like, before pandemic at, like, being social and knowing how to talk to other humans. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to when we actually, I mean, I am obviously looking forward to it, but I'm also very nervous to be talking to people in person again. It'd be like, we'll have to ease into it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Righty-ho. Let's crack on. Let's move right along. Go on, mate. Give me your notes. Shall I begin? I've been so excited for this. Um, It's a really cool one. I'm doing Hillbilly Elegy. Um, This is on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's really interesting. Really, really great acting in it. It's just a great, great show. Um, It's directed by Ron Howard, which I didn't know that. I was a bit surprised. I, for some reason, I'll just always know him as the director of The Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I found that out, I was like, oh, what a pleasantly surprised. Yeah, he's, he just does, like, big blockbusters. 
Yeah, exactly. So I was kind of like, and this is definitely more of like a real, more deep project. So it was a bit different. A little bit different from The Grinch. Exactly. So it came out in 2020, and it's based off of the best-selling memoir by J.D. Vance, also by the same name, Hillbilly Elegy. Um, It's a modern exploration of the American dream of three generations of Appalachian family, as told by its youngest member, J.D., um, a Yale law student forced to return to his hometown. This movie stars Glenn Close as Mama, Amy Woo! Adams as Beverly Vance. Woo! Both of them have really amazing makeup. Um, it's, mm. like, super subtle, very well applied. But I'm going to be focusing on Glenn Close as the character of Mama. Um, yeah. Just because she has a really great transformation in this film. So our head of department is the amazing Aaron Kruger Makesh. I'm sh- have we talked about Aaron Kruger Makesh before? Got I feel her, like yeah. we definitely have. Yeah, for sure. She's absolutely an amazing, amazingly gifted artist. She's so talented. She was in International Women's Day post. Yes, yeah, and you can find her there. Also, our 2021 Oscar nominations post. She recently just went up for this film. Sorry, just let me talk about your notes all of a sudden. No, you're totally fine. How it's rude. true. She was um, nominated for at this year's Oscars for this project. Um, she's also responsible for some of the iconic films in terms of their makeup for films like Ratchet, American Horror Story, Prom. She's just got a great resume. She's, when it comes to prosthetics, she's amazing. When it comes to beauty makeups, she's amazing. She's just got a great eye for mm-hmm. designing. She also did the Hollywood one, didn't she? Yeah. Th- yeah, 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 she did. Yeah. Um, I think it's called Hollywood. Yeah. Great, dec- like, great um, period makeups in that one, if you like, like, 1950s, like, Hollywood golden age. Yeah, I've heard it's a really good show. 10 out of 10. So the key makeup on this film was Jamie Hess, um, so she assisted her with Mama's makeup, and the prosthetic maker for this character is Matthew Mungle. Nice. The wig maker for Glenn Close was Marshall Cornville. Um, and yeah, like I said, this team was nominated for an Oscar at this year's Academy Awards, which is super exciting. Um, so Matthew Mungle worked with Glenn Close on Albert Nobbs, where she was turned into a man for that film. Mm-hmm. And so it was Matthew Mungle who designed her prosthetics for that one. So when she booked this role, she would called him right away and asked if he'd be interested in taking on the project. Close sent Mungle pictures of the real Mama Vance, and someone who plays a very key role in the film um, of raising JD, the youngest child. And is Amy Adams' mom? Yes. Yeah. I haven't so, seen the film yet. So Amy Adams is JD's mom, and Mama is Amy Adams' mom. Mungle began sculpting the pieces right away. He figured he'd only do a nose piece because he said he's a firm believer in minimal prosthetic use whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Mungle likes to call himself a subtle makeup artist. Throughout the course of the film, Mungle ran an estimated 21 set of pieces for Mama's character. Um, these included the nose piece that would blend right into the crease of her nostrils to conceal any edges as much as possible. This was made out of silicone. And this also included ear pieces that were made out of gelatin. What? Get that. I know. Shocker. I'll tell you why in a second. That would kind of elongate her earlobes, kind of help with the aging process. Yeah. Now, the reason he chose to do the earlobes in gelatin was because despite shooting in Georgia and Ohio, very hot places yeah. that you would not think gelatin would get along with, Mungle knew that ears don't sweat. And so... 
he wouldn't really have to worry about the gelatin breaking down because there's not going to be any sweat coming out of the ears. So he stuck with gelatin to save money and probably quicker runtime. Yeah, it was just crazy. I was so surprised. Wow. But the nose was made out of silicone because that makes sense. Our noses do sweat and the nose is going to be obviously like exposed so much and you want it to look good. Anyone ever uses gelatin, I'm always like, what? I know. I just, for some reason, I always had it in my head that gelatin was this like very like outdated material. But as like we're doing this podcast, I'm really starting to learn it's actually, it's got a place in the world. It really does. It's frequently used. Yeah, surprisingly enough. So once the prosthetics were designed and fabricated, they were sent to set to be applied by Aaron kruger McCash, our HOD. Our queen. This application would take around an hour and 20 minutes, starting with the wig prep. Makesh and Hess, the key makeup, would each apply an ear, and then Hess would move on to painting the hands while Makesh began painting the nose piece and applying the nose, getting all that stuff right. When she was doing the face paint, Makesh said she used the PPI Skin Illustrator, lots of those shades, mm. uh, Greg Canham's Tuttle Cream Makeup, Mm. Adding age spots, blotchiness, freckles, ruddiness, veins, as well as a scrub of light brown eyeliner and mascara and a bluish pink tinted lip balm. Delish. So I found a little bit more. I found an interview of her kind of breaking down actual paint notes, which I thought was kind of cool. So this is coming straight from her. She said, I used a lot of different sizes of brushes and two different kinds of makeups. Skin Illustrator, an industry standard alcohol-based paint. I did a little wash of color, highlights and shadows, small spots here and there. I pulled a lot of pinks into her skin and touched down the browns and greens. I did probably about five or six different colors to create her look. I then used a cream-based makeup from Grant Canham's Creations in different tones of age spots. All of the prosthetics and Glenn's skin were hand-painted in those colors. I actually find it really interesting that Makesh did for no stretch and stipple on this character, despite having to age Glenn close. Mm. And she said she decided to not do stretch and stipple because she wanted Mama to look very realistic, and she was worried that having the stretch and stipple would almost make her look caricature-ish, and Mm. she wanted her to look as close to the real Mama as possible. So she just did it with paint. Yeah, it was all paint, and Mm. aside from the two little prosthetics on her ears and her nose. Yeah. Which was really interesting. Yeah, And the wig is so good, too, at aging. Yeah, seriously. And so it it just goes to show you how talented of a painter Aaron Kruger-McKesh is to age Glenn Close so accurately while having very minimal prosthetic use. Yeah. It was very cool. Because Aaron was responsible for Amy Adams' character transformation, she was under a bit of a time crunch every day because she was doing both women. They're in a lot of scenes together. Yeah. Oh, she'd do both. Oh, well, yeah, I guess you would, though, because Amy Adams has loads of makeup, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amy Adams has um, a little bit of small facial prosthetics as well. Aaron Kruger-McKesh would speed do Glenn Close, and then she'd jump over and she'd do Amy Adams, which mm-hmm. is why they were able to get Glenn Close's makeup down to an hour and 20 minutes. Including so fast. application, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And then also it helps, like, I guess, by just having the very minimal prosthetics for Glenn Close for production, exactly. for artists. Yeah, yeah, 100%. This makeup is just so gorgeous. It's really subtle. It's beautifully realistic while being totally effective. And it really aids Close's performance, which on its own is amazing as well. The movie is really moving. It's really deep. It deals with a lot of hard struggles you know um it's just a really great film do you mind telling me like what it's about i know it's kind of based on addiction but like i'm i haven't Mm -hmm. seen it yet she might watch it tonight but 
I'm just curious what more of the plot line is. Amy Adams' character is a drug addict, and so right. she's and so she's trying to raise her son. A lot of that responsibility ends up being passed on to Mama, and despite all this struggle, the son is still able to. I mean, he gets into law, like Yale Law School. Yeah, and it deals with it. Just deals with a lot of the struggles of addiction in family, um, like abusive relationships. Um, both like emotionally, mentally, and physically, the importance of family. Is it's it... just a very raw depiction of uh, of addiction and yeah. family life. And isn't it like I I'm only learning about this recently because someone at work was talking about this film, and then just mm-hmm. going on to say other films that and TV shows that are based around the similar crisis that happened. Where was in it like an addiction to like um like Percocets or like or basically like pain relief medication and there was this period of time that they were giving like Percocets out to people and people were like oh I feel amazing after this car crash I just had like I've healed so fast but they were like Mm -hmm. as addictive as like meth yeah and that's kind of how it happens like she she ends up developing a heroin addiction while in hospital oh so it's through like yeah it just escalates from there I had no idea about this whole epidemic that happened in the yeah like u.s and canada yeah because doctors were just prescribing opioids like opioids basically and And then then they stopped them yeah and but because opioids are so addictive you you can't just like stop taking them and resume life as normal like your brain chemistry has been altered yeah that is very sad insane so sad but i highly recommend it it's a great great story yeah cool i will say they their makeup team did not win the oscars this year that's okay it went to another great film which i think we're actually gonna do try and do an episode on the oscar nominations um for this year yeah, we it went should. to ma ray's black bottom which it's gorgeous beautiful. makeup and the period accuracy of it's gorgeous yeah viola davis charmed that role oh as well. totally i mean i love viola davis yeah so many of her she's just such a chameleon too yeah so but even just to be nominated for an academy award is outstanding and then winning one is just like obviously astronomically overwhelming i can imagine but just to be in the presence and be recognized for your talent at any capacity pretty cool yeah 100 percent. awesome so that's that's what i got for you today i loved it thank you buffy you're welcome all right sorry i see burp my little baby burp (laughs) um disgusting that's what I'm going to name my next cat. Baby Burp. <laughs> baby Burp. Uncle Baby Burp. <laughs> <laughs> Running through the house with people in my mouth, Uncle Baby Burp. <laughs> Miss B. Haven. Yep. All right, all right, all right. So I'm doing The Darkest Hour. Ah, today. yes. Yet another legendary makeup. Yes. Uh, another biographical film, have you? Yes. Uh, more of a pol- a political stance instead of a family stance, 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 environment, whatever. Mm-hmm. Two different films, both dealing with transformation makeups. But The Darkest Hour... Oh, beautiful. I'm so happy I'm doing this. Basically, The Darkest Hour movie is about the British Prime Minister, Winston Churchill, is faced with a tough choice as he must decide whether to sign a peace treaty with Adolf Hitler's Germany... Mm. Or continue mm-hmm. fighting the war against them. Insane bit of history. Tough choices. Tough <laughs> choices. At the dinner table, like, what did you do today? Well, I got offered a peace treaty with Adolf Hitler. 
or obviously I hate him so you know kind of conflicted there I don't know what (laughs) HR thinks about the whole process (laughs) we're still going through the paperwork on this or I could just carry on with what I'm doing and ignore this so the film's directed by Joe Wright who also did Atonement Pride and Prejudice so some really great period pieces as well and of course our favorite Gary Oldman played Churchill in this movie yes Mm -hmm. and beautifully played as well yeah I love this film I was like in Canada in 2016 I think it came out 2017 yeah Mm -hmm. and I was like in Canada and I watched it and I just remember feeling like immensely overwhelmed at like England's history you know the good stuff and like just Churchill as a person and I don't know I just got really nostalgic and then I was sat next to an old an older woman who was in her 90s and she said she remembers this happening in England and London And she was there with her granddaughter and we got talking after the film finished. And she was like, I remember all of this. And I remember the bomb shelters and hearing Churchill on the radio. And I remember all about this like piece of history and these like events that he was conducting and hearing about it in the media. And she was like, I'm so happy this this, uh, section of history is now made into a movie. She said she remembers moving to Canada and she came to Vancouver she met a sorry i'm just going off on a side story now about this old woman i met in a cinema (laughs) she was awesome though and she met a canadian soldier during this war and she then got pregnant and went back and she was part of like the baby boom where loads of canadian soldiers came back with british wives and loads of canadian women were like waiting for them and really mad at like the british (laughs) women typical typical british yeah taking our men And um, so she was talking how, like, the, her generation, like, British women stuck together because Canadian women were so, like, don't, didn't want anything to do with them because they'd, like, <laughs> stolen their men. Um, <laughs> and then she said she remembers moving to Vancouver. She said, like, she moved here and she was, like, used to London. And she moved here and obviously it wasn't the city it was today by any means. And she said it was, like, a tiny village. And she was, wow. like oh, like, are we in a suburb? And he was like, no, this is downtown. And she said her heart, like, dropped because she just was, like, enamored by, like, the Canadian beauty but, like, couldn't believe. Like, it was just so beyond her realm because when travel, like, wasn't such a consistent thing for, like, working-class people in London, especially during the war, and then to move to Canada where it was just so, like, mountainous and beautiful but there was just... It wasn't a concrete jungle like London was and she said it was so wild to like deal with that as like a new bride and a new mom and like a new immigrant yeah Um, and I was like damn you should make a movie (laughs) yeah seriously what a wild lady I know I one of the best cinema experience I've ever had but anyway I don't blame you (laughs) sorry about that tangent (laughs) so Darkest Hour won numerous awards the film earned six nominations at the 90th Academy Awards including Best Picture and one for Best Actor and Best Makeup and Hairstyling sexy took it home oh yeah So in 2017, we were gifted with this movie and the act of turning an actor into a historical figure with entirely different features seems like an insane task, but the right marriage of actor and makeup designer resulted in an outstanding achievement. What definitely happened in this film? I got a lot of my information from a Stan Winston article. It was amazing and helpful, so I just wanted to like mention that. Stan Winston's also just like incredible, regardless. If you're a makeup artist and haven't heard of them, I apologize. Um... (laughs) Get on that. Yep. So, in usual fashion, Gary Oldman sets about to become an unrecognizable in Darkest Hour, which follows the true story of Winston Churchill's early days as Prime Minister during World War II. 
coming off the back of Christopher Nolan's war epic Dunkirk, Wright offers a different perspective set further behind the lines of war and into the British halls. So it's very, it's a very political film. Mm-hmm. Um, so Oldman was initially hesitant, but the script and director won him over. He then dedicated almost a year of preparation to it. It obviously definitely showed. It was a beautiful, bold performance. But he wanted one special makeup artist, and he said he is not doing the film without this makeup artist. It was, like, that, like, straightforward. He was like, I'm not doing this unless I have Kazuhiro do my makeup. We've talked about Kazuhiro before. Yeah. Also in The Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the artists that worked on Jim Carrey. Yeah, huge flex. So, enter Kazuhiro... Obviously, as we know, a super realistic sculptor and fine artist who less than a decade prior had spent 25 years working successfully in special effects makeup and in 2012 ha- uh, retired from the film industry to pursue other creative desires and retreat from a career that had drained him of his mental health and well-being, he said. So. Wow, relatable. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Me and you both, Kazuhiro. <laughs> Um, so the last thing he expected was an email from Gary Oldman enticing him back with a project he couldn't ignore. So he'd been retired for like over five years at this point. And, wow. you know, Gary Oldman just emails you like, hey, I'm not doing this movie unless you want to do my makeup as church. Yeah, I thought about this role, but I'm only doing it with you, buddy. What a huge compliment that would be, though. Insane. And also like so much pressure being like, well, Gary Oldman would do so well in this performance, but what if I don't want to do it? You'd be like... Yeah, or like, what if I, like, don't know if I know how, like, if I can do make this happen? Ugh. No pressure or anything. What if you're just like, oh, I'm a- attending a wedding in June. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> yeah, Goodbye. I'm busy. It's booked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, while pondering this process, it was clear to write that the success of a character was going to weigh heavily on outcoming the physical demands. As a result, Oldman decided that if he were to take this metamorphosis character, Kazuhiro would be the only person to do that. And after he agreed, one more chef's kiss, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The film mm-hmm. was what it is. Kind of repeating The rest is history, there. as they say. Yeah, apparently. Kazuhiro obviously accepted. He was like, of course, Gary. Love you so much. And probably in those words, too. They could then move forward. So the first issue, uh, Kazu had to overcome was the fact that there were little to no similarities between Oldman and Churchill. Mm -hmm. Literally none. Because of this, most of the face was going to require prosthetics, and Oldman didn't gain any weight for this role. Wow. Yeah. However, Kazu's genius mind combined with six months of makeup tests and preparation resulted in a flawless makeup offering Oldman all the freedom he would need to carry out this role in the dialogue heavy drama the fluidity of the makeup design is because of his detailed understanding of human autonomy atomy autonomy quiff quaff whatever okay (laughs) you get the picture a quote from Kazu is it's very important to understand the atomy of the face and the mechanism of the makeup to know what to cover and what not to cover by an appliance along with what cannot be done by makeup is also important as well human skin is very complex and because we are trying to mimic it with fake skin on top a lot of experiences and tests are necessary everyone's face is different so Mm -hmm. the result which complements his features rather than smothers him what was kazuhiro's like aim he was trying to basically you could see gary Oldman through this makeup but he was also you know resembling churchill he didn't want to just like completely like take away Oldman's facial structure but manipulate yeah. it in a way that people could recognize with churchill 
So mm-hmm. it took approximately four hours every day, this makeup, oh. in the end. Wow. Yep. And here are some of the details of what the makeup included after, you know, variations of makeup tests. So this is what went to camera. A prosthetic made of silicone rubber was applied to Almond's entire face except for his forehead. So he had big, like, cheek pieces coming all the way up. Um, no, two cheek pieces, and it wrapped around to a chin, I believe. He didn't have any lips on, that's his natural lips. And his forehead was the only other free piece. So it was his lips and his forehead that didn't have any prosthetics on, so that he could convey facial expressions more easily as well. But everything else, silicone. And a foam bodysuit was specially constructed for Oldman to add extra weight to his slight frame, and meticulous detail was paid to the complexion with Kazu painting every mark and blotch by hand on these prosthetics before they got sent to set. So he didn't wow. apply it on set. He was like making it all, painting them, and then sending them. Obviously made the approved look, took detailed continuity photos, and then two people applied them on set, who I will mention later. Right. Um, also, Oldman had his head completely shaved so that a lace wig and hair pieces could be easily applied. The wig was made f- from hair, not just from adults, but from babies, to ensure this thin, wispy look. Because Churchill has, like, very thin hair oh my god who what whose mother is donating their child's baby's hair to film i don't know wow yep um and because churchill was ginger when he was young and as he got older his hair became almost white with a hint of blonde and ginger as to it um and his hair wasn't thick so usually when people construct a wig they have to put enough hair to cover up the like construction underneath like the lace piece but mm-hmm. if they do that, the wig itself becomes too thick. So they had to get this insanely, like, thin lace um, and then, like, singly tie these hairs in the right way to, like, hide the lace but to also give this, like, thin look of, like, not well, a lot there. and they probably didn't want to have to waste hair. Like, how many baby hairs do you have in your inventory? Like, how hard is it to get a hold of these baby hairs? Well, also, I believe that because these wigs... Um, was like the lace was so fine and so delicate and the baby hair was so thin and like soft um, it was pretty much invisible that I think they had like five had to have five wigs throughout the filming because they were just not good enough by like a couple of uses after a week yeah I mean it's got to be kind of cool though like one day when you're like 20 and your mom's like oh by the way we sold your baby hair and now you can see it on Gary Oldman's head in an Oscar-winning movie So that's got to be kind of fun. Yeah, that's got to be different. That's a good, like, party, like, you know, conversation style. Yeah, like, what, tell us something interesting about yourself. Oh, well, my baby here was featured on an Oscar-winning role. Yeah, kind of like how your <laughs> mom keeps a jar of t- your baby teeth in her drawer or something. I think that's a normal thing. I, I, people keep baby teeth all the time. Yeah, they do. It's like in Meet the Fuckers where they have the foreskin. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, that's a little too much. That's a little bit odd. But I think, like, teeth and hair, that makes sense. Okay, hair's weird. Why would you keep your baby's hair? Are no, you going to keep your baby's hair? I've seen, like, my mom kept, like, a lock of my hair. Like, when I was, like, my first haircut. <laughs> That's not that weird. Your mom keeps teeth in a drawer <laughs> in her bedroom. Right? Yeah, that's right. Who am I to judge your mom? <laughs> um, so the wig makers that we previously mentioned made these beautiful wigs are Bob Kretschmer and Diana Choi. So thank you very much for your beautiful work and patience, I can imagine. Yeah, um, seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they also used uh, European baby hair, apparently. 
I'm just like, oh, of keep course reading they through did. my notes. Like, oh my god, very limited. Wow, a lot of detail about this baby hair. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wrote these. All notes. of the children were born between the <laughs> the years of 2010 and 2013. <laughs> Mostly girls. Um, I haven't like read through these notes in like over a week, so I'm like, <laughs> like forgetting. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of these, like, I'm like, what did I even write? Like, what was going on? Um, very limited and expensive. Well, makes sense. And um, yeah. they came from a variation of babies. Wow, I actually have so much about these babies in here. <laughs> but the amount was so small, they had to, like, gently mix in um, different types of hair to try and, like, help because they had such limited amounts of baby hair that one could It was claim. a multi-generational wig application, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, five wigs, like I said, they had to do this. Um, so anyway, back to Gary Oldman and our makeup artists, um, agreeing to sit in the chair for 200 plus hours over the course of the shoot was the price Oldman had to pay to evolve into Churchill without, and you shouldn't say price you had to pay, what a beautiful experience. I hate that when people Mm -hmm. give shit, like, makeup's taking so long, and it's like, dude... I mean, chill out. He looks amazing, like, he looks like Churchill, so, like... Yeah, but in saying that... Gary Oldman found the process liberating to watch and thoroughly enjoyed the whole making. So it was awesome to have in the chair, not someone that was like, Meh. Get me out of here. Yeah. How much longer? Uh, okay, so apparently they used over 60 sets of facial appliances. So that was, like we said, the like neck piece and then cheeks, a nose piece. There was over 60 sets. And that they applied on Gary and they kept every prosthetic to compare colorations and making sure the continuity was accurate when painting for the next day. And apparently they had about 30 to 40 kilos of Churchill faces by the end. Oh. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, there's this like video of um, the makeup artist like holding it all and it's like looks so heavy. It looks insane. Imagine at the at the end of the day, you know, like when you're taking, because you can only use these prosthetics once, obviously. Yeah. So imagine when you're like taking off these like 30 kilo of prosthetics, you put them in the garbage can and that poor garbage man has to come and like take the garbage out. And then he's like, why is his bag so heavy? Looks inside. He's like, oh my God, it's flesh. <laughs> There's a whole pound of flesh. <laughs> More than a pound. Yeah. That would actually be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> right? Wow. I wonder if they had to, like, leave a note and be like, this is not real skin. <laughs> I think I'd just take it in the back of my car. Like, I don't think I could let someone take it. I'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> You'd put it in your own in your kitchen garbage when you got home. Yeah, or I'd just, like, throw it in a random skip. Like, somewhere. Sell, sell it on eBay or something. Ooh, you'd make a lot, probably. They were actually worn by Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably, like you know, would be frowned upon by production, though, I guess. Yeah, I think you'd probably get an email being like, yeah, um, you can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've mentioned the people that were applying this makeup to Oldman every day and that were Kazoo Hero's, like, basically trust and love. Right-hand people. Yeah, like, right-hand people for this job. And their names, um, they were also nominated for the Oscar and won the Oscar. Um... Uh, David Milanowski and Lucy Sibick. And they applied the makeup as directed by Kazu and did a flawless job at it. The pieces they applied included a wraparound neck prosthetic to... Wow, I'm just like, just repeating my notes again. <laughs> One more time from the back. Wraparound <laughs> neck prosthetic, two cheek pieces, a nose tip, a wig, and a foam bodysuit. If you didn't get it ten minutes ago, there it is again. <laughs> Little refresher. 
<laughs> Damn, my notes are so bad. Coming to the end, I promise. I'm so sorry. Um, responsible for prosthetic manufacturing was DDT Especialis. <laughs> was, uh, sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> the wheels are falling off this train. <laughs> I'm just like going, the coffee's like pulsating through me, and I'm like, yeah! I love it! <laughs> so, responsible for prosthetic manufacturing was DDT Effects Especialis and <laughs> Super Mario and Super Suit Factory. Much of the lab work happened at the Vincent van Dyke effects in Los Angeles. For the lab work and casting, many familiar names arise, including Carl Lyon, Rob Frietes, Manny Lemus, and Will Thornton. Kazuhiro's team was made up of skilled artists and technicians who would be able to carry out his ideas while he worked on the finer details back at the studio. In an increase increasingly escapist world where we are spoon-fed creatures, aliens, and zombies at every turn, it's refreshing to see the subtle yet sophisticated prosthetic makeup find its way into such a historical moment in time. Kazuhiro, wizard of realism, has conquered a seemingly impossible task so that so many have chosen to avoid in the past. Makeup needs to be invisible in this kind of film. I feel very fortunate and honored that Gary Oldman requested me to work on The Darkest Hour. Another quote from our friend. Aww. Respectfully, the film proves how the power of makeup design can affect a film in a monumental way and teaches that it's not just about being big, bold, or hyper-physical. Makeup, makeup is always at its most potent when hiding in plain sight. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's merely about blending in and convincing the audience that it doesn't even exist. I, I think that both of our films really illustrate that well. I think that any film where you're turning someone into a real person, like, because even Matthew Mungle, when he said he considers himself a subtle makeup artist, yeah. and the smallest amount of prosthetics he can possibly use, he'll use, because the less makeup and the more real skin, the better it just looks. And it's about finding that balance and while still achieving the, the transformation aspect so humble i think as well like what a yeah, humble absolutely career um outlook as well being like it's yeah. invisible like i'm doing it for me and for artists that can see it i yeah. don't need to wow an audience people will be wowed yeah. with what i do but yeah, it's got to be invisible oh i love that what a great oh what kazuhiro we just love him so much a oh, huge fan well friend that was an amazing note sesh <laughs> note sesh Hun, we should <laughs> no just wear sesh. bucket hats and be like, yeah, we're getting on the sesh. <laughs> Listen to our podcast. Yeah. It's about Stream. makeup. <laughs> Shall we jump right into product and tip? Yeah, let's do it. Unless you have a funny story you want to share. Oh, no. No, I'm slowly melting in my furnace bedroom. The building, yeah. my building doesn't turn off its heat until like July or something, our landlord said. We just moved in here. And so our apartment is just consistently like 20 degrees. Yeah. And unless you're naked, you're like sweating buckets. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not naked because I'm on the phone with Ruby. So She's totally I'm sweating naked. buckets. She's totally naked. <laughs> um, yeah, when I lived downtown, it was the same. Mm -hmm. And like we have the windows that the sun comes in, and I'm like, oh my God. Mm hmm. I can't live like this. I can tell you a funny story about me. Enough about you. I'm joking. Oh, I always want to hear about harsh. you. That was just a no, really please take it away. I'd love to hear a funny story. Um, I wore a blue jumper 
on a blue screen shoot the other day so oh yes you did send me that picture on the monitors I was just like a floating head in hand what proved very funny to a lot of crew (laughs) so I'm a joke ha 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 what's new I'm a joke I'm and Buffy's sweaty. <laughs> oh, and together we are unstoppable. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Um, have you got a tip for us? I do. Have you got a product? Hell yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. I was thinking for a tip. I don't know if a lot of people wear strip lashes these days. I love a strip lash. I prefer individuals, but strip lashes are great sometimes. Really fun little hack, if you didn't know this, if you wear strip lashes, which are lashes that are on, like, one band, um, you can reuse those. You clean them with 70% alcohol, give them a little, like, take that glue off, give them a little comb, reset them. You can get a few uses out of them. After, however, they kind of start to, like, get wiry and they probably won't look as good. If you cut them in half, you can use them as sectional lashes, like, on the outer corner of your eye, or you can break them up. And it's just a great way to not waste lashes. It's a great way to change the shape of lashes. A lot of the time when I go lash shopping, I I will alter the lashes from what they look like when you buy them at the store, either like in cutting the lashes down or mm-hmm. snipping the band to be shorter or like applying like two lashes to one eye. And also like rolling them out. Like if you get them and just play with them a bit so they're not so straight, like getting more of that yeah. curveness will really help the application. Yeah, 100%. I think, like, there's so much that you can do with eyelashes. I don't think people realize sometimes, like, how, like, how much you can change about them. I met a transpo lady when I was working in England, and she was talking to me about her false eyelashes because she wore them every day. She was like, we were talking about how you don't just throw them out. You can have, like, you know, quite a few Mm -hmm. uses if you take care of them. And, like, not to be harsh, but hers were pretty, like, insane and spidery and, like, well-used. And I could definitely tell that. But, you know, if you like what you look like, who cares? Mm -hmm. And, um, but then she resulted in telling me that she's had this pair for, like, five years. And I was like, that's not okay, ma'am. I think you should change. Wow. Okay, five years is a bit much. That's impressive. First of all, that they're even still intact. I'm impressed by that. Really, that's talent in itself. I, I would say max, I use lashes mm, maybe three, maybe four times. Yeah. That's when I would usually cut them in half if I can. If I can save them some other way, then that's when I'll do that. But yeah, I could probably get about three good uses out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my tip for you guys. It's good Take tip. it away with the product. Tell me. So the product is actually your recommendation, my sweet friend Buffy, is the Tarte Maracuja. Maracuja, yes. Juicy lip tint. Oh, they're so good. Apparently they're amazing and hydrating and hold color. They do. Um, and they're just like a really subtle lip tint. They've got great, Tarte's got a great shade range in like a lot of their products. Their blushes are awesome, their lip products. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just discovered this one. Super creamy. It's like super natural looking and they taste really good and smell really good and I like them. <laughs> yeah, so check it out. We're big fans of Tarte. We are. Cruelty free, I might add. Mm-hmm. Oh, big up the cruelty three. I've still got to make an Instagram post for everyone about products that you should buy that are cruelty three. We're getting to it. We promise. You know, leave us out. Leave us alone. Seriously. Yeah, you're so horrible. You're not. You're not at all. Thank you so much for listening. All ten of you. All ten of you. We love you. 
Oh, but we should say also, after our last podcast, oh. when we said that we never get emails, we got some emails from you guys. And seriously, we had like a little cry together because we just felt so loved and so lucky. And thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, your kind words and the time you put into writing those emails really meant a lot. It definitely yeah, we like, felt very special. Yeah, I don't know. You just feel can kind of you can kind of feel insignificant at times, and that just made you be like, oh, like I made someone happy for the hour they were listening to this. That's awesome. And I told them yeah. something. So yeah, kudos to us, Buffy. Yes, kudos. Pat on the back. And kudos to you guys. Yes, I was just gonna say that. Stole the words right out of your mouth. Nah, it's not the first time. It's okay. I know. I've got to really work <laughs> on my interruption thing. It's a British thing. I'm no, so sorry. I have an interruption thing. I always feel like I'm interrupting you. So, you know what? It's about time that you took the reins, okay? You've earned it. You know when you listen to, like, podcasts and they just, like, seamlessly, like, transition from, like, one person talking to the next? I'm like, how do you guys do that? Because I definitely, like, overtalk Buffy and then we, like... I overtalk you or there's, like, long silences where we're like, who's taking it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... It's harder than it looks, guys. <laughs> it really is. You think that it wouldn't be hard to just record a conversation but it's actually a lot of pressure when yeah. the microphone's on oh god there's a mosquito in my room i'm gonna have to switch. oh no oh god it's coming for me okay i've got a piece out so i can i can gently remove it from my room yes coax him back to the window yes um again check out jada artist of the month available on our instagram she's amazing uh, if you're well, you're on our Instagram. The handle is at Blush and Stuff Pod. Our Twitter is Blush and Stuff underscore Pod, and our email, if you feel like sending us a message, is at Blush. No, it's not. It's Blush and Stuff Pod at Gmail dot com. Beautifully done as always. Also, in true good form, we forgot to do the generator. Yes. So it wouldn't be an episode with without us forgetting that. Okay. Take it away. <laughs> you think we'd learn. So ba ba da ba next week's next time, whenever that is, next week, oh, who knows? Um, episode is gonna be on the theme of Western. Westerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, catch us next time. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, this has been Blush and Stuff. Mwah, mwah. Chef's kiss. Mwah, mwah. Bye. Bye.